2: Brother from another on a Tuesday and Jim Trotter, I just have to say, uh, I'm glad to see you. I'm glad you came back. I put <laughs> you on the spot yesterday. I put you on the spot I said, can you come back tomorrow? And so you had to say, it's like those public proposals. You kind of are forced to say yes.
0: Even if no, you don't really not at him. all. No, not at all. And, not, yeah, not at all. Yeah, okay, you know me. I, yeah. I'm gonna say what I feel. So if I'm not feeling it coming back, uh, I'm not feeling real well this morning, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, well, calling listen, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say your unfiltered comments and analysis and fun here our brother from. Another. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in again. Peacock TV. We appreciate you for watching listening on Sirius XM Channel 85 or wherever you listen to podcasts, YouTube, wherever it is, where, however you're consuming us, we are happy to be consumed. I'll say it that way. And, Jim, uh, I'm just wondering, if you are, have you ever done this in a, in a conversation? Probably, you know, not to call our wives out here, but in a conversation <laughs> with your wife.
0: See, you make me where, nervous you know, when things, you start things like this. I, I, you know that. <laughs> You know that, right? Because I never know where you're going.
2: Hey, and listen, I'm not going anywhere that's going to get you uh, divorced after 32 years. Is that what you said yesterday?
0: 32 years? Yeah, I, I'd like to get I, to 33.
2: I'm not. I'm not. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything that stops you from getting to 33 or from me from getting to 16. So don't worry <laughs> about that. But you know, right. you ever in a conversation when the things are going very quickly? You ever do one of these, like give it the NBA 22nd, or just give it the NFL timeout, timeout. Just time out for a second. Just slow down, slow down, so we can kind of reset. You ever do that just very naturally? I've
0: done it oh, yeah, do, many times. Yeah, you do that. And, you do that just by closing your mouth. You just close your mouth and, and kind of walk away. That's what I've learned over 32 years of marriage.
2: Yeah, so, Jim. I do that when I don't have three timeouts in my back pocket. When I'm not on on TV. When I don't have official timeouts, I take timeouts. Sorry, uh, 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 to bring back the old school reference. I'm like you, Chris Weber. I use timeouts that I don't even have because I feel Ooh. like I should. I feel like I should. I feel like I should have a timeout. So you tell me, what was Jeff Saturday thinking? What was Jeff Saturday thinking? <laughs> last night and what was he thinking in the follow-up? He had a follow-up that has he has three timeouts. They're trailing. They got the ball. They should use. It. You can't take them with you. It's like vacation time in some companies it doesn't carry over. So you might as well use it. So one, what was he thinking by not using his timeouts in that loss to the Steelers in the fourth quarter? And two, what was he thinking about justifying? He, he said, oh, oh no, time wasn't an issue. I thought we were fine. I thought everything was OK. What was your view See, of, of Jeff Saturday and the
0: clock? Well, before I get to that, let me say this. You, you might not get me or stop me from getting the 33 years of marriage, but man, you put me in some spots with some friends here now. You did it with Mike McCarthy. He had me, you know, deal with Mike. <laughs> And now you're doing it with Jeff, who you know is a friend of mine. So now you yeah. asked me to be critical of him. So I'm starting to think, Michael Holly, you don't want me to have any friends, you know, at this point. You, you, so
2: you always have me regardless. I always, you always I have me. You. you always have me. Whether you're critical of me or not, I'm still going to be with, I'm, I'm going to be there for you. So you're going to be got a ride or one die, huh? you I got I appreciate that. How many, Hey, how many friends, how many friends do you actually need? <laughs> How many friends do you need? You don't need that many.
0: <laughs> I don't have that many. How about that? There you go. See, you're, that's, you're, that's you're a, right no, where you need that's to a, be. Wait, that's a whole nother discussion if we get into friends and who are really friends and who aren't. You know, so we won't even go there now because that will take up the whole show. Let me answer I wish your you original good, question. I Dude, wish we, we would, would one be day.
2: not maybe Ooh. maybe not today, but one day we got to go there.
0: That's a real real friend and
2: and friends and the the newer friends versus the older friends you know somebody who became a friend of yours you got to be really skeptical of those somebody who became a friend of yours in the last you know two three years what's their agenda what, what's see, going on
0: what's happening ooh, see we we could we could do this all show because uh there yeah, are yeah. stories I mean, a lot. and then there it's are stories
2: you know what we need there are- you know what we need jim <laughs> We need Jim Trotter's <laughs> friendship tears. <laughs> you had your tears yesterday my um, teams. Yeah. I want to see your friend. I want to see Jim Trotter's friendship tears I, I, before you I, I, this re- real quick real quick. I, don't lose your train of thought uh-huh. on Jeff Saturday. Your oldest friend non family member. Who's your oldest friend? How long?
0: See, we're not gonna do this. No, we not. You're not. you not gonna give me because now you're gonna cost me even more friends than that I have. So we're not gonna do that right now. <laughs> All right, never Please. mind, never mind. I'm, I'm not. because yeah, I'm unfair. not letting you that's bait unfair. me into that.
2: Because if I had to answer that question, it's got to be a political answer, right? You got to you got to you got to navigate that one. You got to navigate yeah. that very very slowly because you're like, oh damn, I forgot about peanut. Oh, man. No. Peanut.
0: And you know what the... No, but you know what the the correct political answer would be for me? What's My wife. My wife. See. Best friend. See,
2: now... 32 years. Now... Dated dated for
0: another age. So that's like 40 years. That's like 40 years of of my... Okay. How old am I? 40 of my 59 years.
2: See, now all the husbands are out there, man, are saying, look at this dude trying to make us all... Trying to make yep. us all look bad because if we give an answer that is not a you know, hey, my spouse, you know, we get one of those answers. Now we look bad because you answered uh, in the proper way and so gracefully. Yes, sir. And the rest of us yes, just look sir. like losers. So you gave me enough time to think
0: about it. You gave me enough time to think about it. I came up with one. So um, now back to Jeff Saturday.
2: Yeah, I was going to say you had time. Okay, and, where are you going? Jeff Saturday had. Jeff Saturday yeah, had time. Like... He still didn't get it right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell me tell no, me what your boy he, was thinking.
0: No, I can't. Because it, it it doesn't make sense. And 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 here's the danger of social media too, not just for players, but now for coaches who, prior to becoming a coach, go on air and and, and put stuff out there. It was not so long ago that he said went on Twitter and said, hey, we gotta talk about time ma- clock management tomorrow when he was doing broadcasting, right? Now he is the subject of clock management. He's on the other side. And I will say this first off, it, it is a lot harder when you are in the fire than when you are not, right? It is easy for us to sit back here and second guess, right? So I'm, try- I'm, I'm trying 100%. to keep my friendship with him. I'm trying to keep my friendship 100%. with him while telling the truth, okay? But here's the thing, Michael. If we go through the entire season, every week we say this about coaches and clock management or game management, even in the Tampa Bay game this past Sunday, Todd Bowles says he didn't want to take a chance with where they were at on the field because there's a possibility of an interception, knowing that his quarterback is Tom Brady who hasn't thrown an interception since the dawn of time, and you have a chance to win that game in regulation. So I... Look, I, I'm here to tell you, in hindsight, yeah, Jeff made a huge mistake. We were questioning it in real time, but in hindsight, he made a mistake. But so many coaches have done this. And, and right. I, almost, I almost tweeted last night that there should be a course for coaches on clock management or game management. But even then, I don't know that it would matter because when you are in the fire, man, life comes at you fast. And 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 it's hard sometimes to, to make the right call under those circumstances.
2: But, you know, I think it is a skill that can be learned. Um, yes, and, and agreed. And like some people, all right, let, let's say some people, let's say the 2% of coaches who just have it instinctively. They got it, they got a cock in their heads. They don't need any train on, training on it. Then there are like the 2% of coaches who just never going to get it, <laughs> okay? They right. just, no matter True. what, they're not going to. But then... Okay, then how's my math 96% there's a 96% that you know can get better at it with some type of training You can, I think you can do a simulation with it. It's a simulation. It's not the real game But it at least gets you into like that, that little mental exercise where you're organizing What okay, what's the what's the game clock? What's our timeout situation? How far do we need to go? What kind of plays can we run? How many plays right. can we run in X amount right. of time? And what's the best way to do this? And you don't have to figure it all out by yourself. That's, a, see, that's the crazy thing about it. And I guess I'll never understand why certain coaches struggle mightily at it. Because it's not like you've got to think for the defense and the offense. You got an offensive coordinator, you got a D coordinator, you got a special teams coordinator. You're the head coach. You're just dipping in. You're the, you're, you're, you got the 30,000 foot view. So you should but let be me the ask one you this. who should be a little more me, slowed down than the OC, right?
0: Right. But let me ask you this. Um, there is an element of self-awareness here and there is an element of accountability here. And if you are a head coach who, who can say to himself, this isn't a strength of mine, right? My, my strength is, is, huh. is leading and and getting men yeah. to follow, right? All those sorts of things. But game management or clock management isn't necessarily my strength. Why not have somebody on staff in an industry, in a multi-billion dollar industry and where there is so much detail and focus on so many layers of this game. If I were a coach who said my strength is not clock management or time management or situational football even, I'm definitely going to have somebody on my staff. And and I know some people like to call them the analytics people, right? I'm not even yeah. trying to get into all that. But I'm just saying have someone on my staff who is damn good at those things or those situations mm. who can be in my ear, at least give me something to think about as we're going, right? Know your weaknesses, know your strengths is what I would say. And in this case, I... there are a lot of coaches who don't know that their weakness is clock management and game management or situational football.
2: Okay, now you're telling me, I'm just saying if if I were an owner and my head coach Mm -hmm. says to me, my weakness is situational football. uh, My first thought is, thank you for telling me that. My second thought is, uh, we appreciate your service. (laughs) See you later. I mean, if if you can't, Uh, look, if you're weakness is situational football, why are you coaching my team? Why are you my coach?
0: Because, Situational football. Because, because of this, Michael. As I said, and I know I'll get grief for this and whatnot. But there are so many layers to being a successful head coach, and not right. every. And 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 the number one thing, if I say if I if I'm talking to you, or if I'm an owner looking for a head coach, I want someone who can lead, right? I want okay. someone right. yeah, who I can agree. motivate, get their players to follow, all of that. Now, all the other things start to come into play because if you can't do that fundamentally, you got no chance. That's what I believe. Now, now come the other things. To your point, if you say the interview's over or thanks for the interview or whatever, Tony Dungy told me the story where he was once interviewing for a head coaching job. And this is obviously before Tony Dungy is Tony Dungy. And he goes in and the owner says to him essentially, How important is winning to you? And Tony says, It's important, but it's not the most important thing. And he basically tells the owner, that family is important, family time is important, these sorts of things. And, of course, the interview basically ended there. Tony didn't get the job. Why? Because he was honest with them in terms of understanding where his priorities were, what his strengths are, those sorts of things. So I'm saying to you, as an owner, I'm not necessarily going to rule you out if you tell me that clock management is not necessarily your strength. What I'm going to ask you is, then how do you deal with that? How do you overcome that? What is your plan for that if that is not your strength? And if you can answer that question for me capably, then we can continue the conversation. If you can't, as you say, then the interview is over.
2: Yeah, clock management. I think clock management and situational football are two different things. That clock management is what it is. Situational football can happen at any point in the game. And I feel like in the NFL, if you don't have a great team, if you don't have a juggernaut, then situational football will, de- will determine whether your team wins six games or nine or 10. Agreed. Just your Agreed. mastery of that because the games are so close, the talent so close. So that would scare Agreed. me. But clock, I, I'm always amazed, though. Clock management, it wouldn't scare me. I'm just fascinated by him. I, I just wonder why certain people don't don't get it. Now, a guy who, who worked with Tony Dungy, now he's going to name, let, let's just name drop Jim. That's fine. But we're, just having, but we're doing it in the course of a conversation. We're not name dropping just for the sake of name dropping.
0: But anyway. no, Let's, um, let's name drop guy, for, the, for the sake of name dropping. Let's go ahead. Yeah. Let's do it. Why not?
2: But a guy, a guy who worked with Tony Dungy on the same staff. You know how much I love Marty Schottenheimer. So Marty Schottenheimer on his staff at one time, he had Tony Dungy and Bill Cowher. So think about that staff. Marty Schottenheimer, Bill Cowher, and Tony Dungy. On one team. That's just crazy. Anyway, uh McCower, when he when he left Marty and, and took over the Steelers, his first head coaching job, his only head coaching job, he immediately just went back to his 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 math. He's very strong in math. Went to his math background and was like, you know what? Uh, once we get a lead, we really have to be foolish to give this lead up, so we're gonna start milking this clock. And he would start it. His clock management didn't. He didn't wait until the last three minutes. He started third quarter. Hey, we're gonna be aggressive when we need to be, but we're not gonna be foolish. And the receivers are gonna be upset because they're gonna want us to throw the ball more. And I'm not doing that. We got a lead. And he pointed to his record. His record with the lead in the in the fourth quarter. I think he's got one loss and one tie in his whole career. He just didn't blow leads. Part of it. But is you know what
0: that is, Michael? Time management. And yeah, but like you know, but fundamental to that, and the, and the and, and 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 the core principle of that is, he had an identity that he believed in, and that he was convicted mm-hmm. about, and this is the way we are going to play football, and this is how we are Ooh, going I to can... win games.
1: Mm-hmm. Period.
0: And too many coaches don't have that, and that's why when I talked when we talked yesterday about the Michigan Ohio State game, sorry to bring that up again, but what did Jim Barbaugh do? I missed after it. all of those years. Where's the game? No, after all.
2: Is the game next week?
0: <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, it's not good for the oh, Buckeyes. What? Did but they anyway, lose? Oh, but anyway, okay. they did. Um, but anyway, when Jim lost all those games consecutive years to Ohio State, what did he do? He went back to what his core principles were, and that was running the football, playing physically up front, those sorts of things. And since then, what have they done? And I'm assuming they're going to go to the college playoffs this year back-to-back years in the college football playoffs. When we talk about the Tennessee Titans, for instance, one of the reasons I love watching the Tennessee Titans play is because Mike Grable has established a culture and an identity there that everyone buys into, and it is not about deception and trickery and all these things, although we will use it at times, but it is about fundamentally, this is what we do. We don't care that you know. We believe we're going to out-execute you. We're going to play situational football at times. We know what our identity is, et cetera, et cetera. So those are things. I, th- those are the coaches and the teams that, if you look at them historically, who have success, is that they have an identity, and they stick to that identity, and they have conviction about what it is they're doing. So when you bring up Bill Cower, absolutely, I can see why, in part, why they were successful be, beyond just the talent that they had on the field. It was because everybody knew who on that team knew who the, they were what their role was and how they were going to play football.
2: Well, you want to talk about uh, identity and iconic uh, iconic coaches, iconic franchises, iconic people. Uh, we're going to talk about one of them coming up. and it's a big question. It's today versus yesterday. Who is Jerry Jones today? Who was Jerry Jones in 1957? When a photo has resurfaced at a segregation rally in Arkansas and Jerry Jones was there, what does that photo in 1957 mean in 2022? We'll talk with Clarence
1: Mills Jr. This may Hill take all show. This
2: may yeah, take we're going to talk show. with him coming up. I'm looking forward to it.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed, also 76 yards. Why bring this up? because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: All right, I referenced this just a couple minutes ago. Jerry Jones... As you know, owner of the Dallas Cowboys and has been uh, the owner of the Cowboys for a very long time. When you think of the Cowboys, you think of a lot of things. You think of their logo, you think of their fans, you think of Jerry Jones. And so a story came out. The uh, <laughs> Washington Post has done some great reporting on, on race and sports in the NFL. And one of the photos was of Jerry Jones as a 14 year old there it is Uh, Jerry Jones is a 14 year old in Arkansas (laughs) at a segregation rally and uh, obviously you that the picture in a lot of ways speaks for itself especially look at the principles of the picture but then off to the side there's young Jerry Jones and a question has come up what was he doing there what was he thinking? What was his position? And, and we're still talking about it. 1957, here we are in 2022, uh, having this conversation. Clarence Hill Jr. has covered the Cowboys since 1997. Uh, by my math, Clarence, that's 25 years of dealing with all sorts of Cowboys <laughs> drama. And I don't know if there's anything comparable to this in your career of covering the Cowboys. First of all, what what did you think when this story uh, came across your proverbial desk, and and
3: what well, what were your thoughts about what to do with it? Well, a couple of things. The, the picture not. It's not the first time the picture surfaced. This is just a resurfaced picture that the Washington Post obviously this story. They're doing a story on race and NFL and, and owners and minority hiring and and they use this as a jumping off point for the story and and and. And, and draw conclusions on Jerry Jones' impact on race and in NFL. And so, uh, I would say initially, just from my dealing with Jerry Jones, I don't think the picture has anything to do with how he runs the Cowboys and how he how he handles business with the Cowboys. And in, 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 in regards to minority hiring, uh, seeing the picture though, certainly it's, it's 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 startling and disappointing. I grew up in the South. I grew up in Texas. Uh, I know what that picture means. My my parents are roughly Jerry Jones' the age, a little older than that. And, and so we can see all of that. We know what that means. and It was disappointing to me that he initially said that he was just a curious kid and didn't know what was going on. How could you not know? How, how could you not know what was going down? That that was a similar moment in, in our country's history as far as uh, desegregation in schools and the situation in Little Rock where that bring in... Uh, at Little Rock Central, everybody knows about the Little Rock Central. This is the North of Little Rock Six. It was at the same time as Little Rock Central, and and they had to bring in first the thousand, uh, I guess, uh, state uh, guard had blocked students from going to Little Rock on the first day of school. This was five days later at Little Rock Central when these these other six students tried to to go to Jerry Jones' school, and to, and so to me to say that you didn't know what would happen or what could happen, and you were just curious, well, you may have been curious, but how could you not know?
0: And, and that's part of the Clarence right away that got me when I, I saw it, because I said, now I know every other quote that follows that, I'm gonna have a hard time believing. Because what do we know about that time in history? This was a major issue in the country, in particular in Arkansas. The story was all over the local news, the state news, the national news, In fact, Jerry acknowledges in the story that his head football coach had told the players not to go because there could be trouble there. And the other thing is, if you were so curious, it wasn't older white segregationists who were up at the doors blocking those students from going in. Look at the picture. It was all students. So for me, that was the hard part in terms of accepting that. But having said that, I'm not even trying to hold Jerry Jones accountable for that. It's what's happened since then. And what I found fascinating in this story was that Jerry acknowledges that he has the power and the influence to make change in the NFL as it relates to diversity, equity, and inclusion. And so my question to him would be, why haven't you used it? If you have that power and you believe in these things, why haven't you used it? And Clarence, you would know better than anyone, having covered this team for 25 years and knowing Jerry the way that you do. I would ask you, why hasn't he used his influence to make change?
3: Because Jerry does not want to be a change maker as it relates to race. He wants to be why? a change maker. He wants to be a change maker as it relates to money. And he, out of his own words, every decision he makes is about business. His hiring practices, he has not hired a black coach or not hired a black coach because of money. He's or because, you know, a race, he's hired a guy because who he thought was the relationship wise or was the right person for the team. And even going back to the Anthem protest, which I wrote before, you know, his issue was not necessarily a protest. His issue was it was hurting my business. And and he has in every decision he makes in his mind is about helping his business or helping you do business. So he will point out that I Support my players, my black players. They all support me We're from Michael Irvin to Evan Smith to Deion Sanders to Nate Newton. I have made them rich. I have advised them business wise, and I do whatever I can to uh, his words to help them, give them influence to help their own cause and help their community. That's his mindset. Just uh, a backdrop. Now, I just want to put a couple of backdrops in there. Um, because we can kick his butt for what he, he did and or didn't do or hasn't done. Uh, all this is nuance. Uh, Charlotte, his daughter, went to Little Rock Central on purpose because she wanted a diverse upgrade. You know, this is the same guy that was, you know, with the North Little Rock 6, but his daughter went to Little Rock Central went to high school Little Rock Central. You know, the Cowboys do have one of the most diverse coaching staffs in the nfl right now if you look at the sheer numbers minority they have the only coaching staff with all black staff of uh uh strength coaches but just sheer numbers them in tampa bay at the top of the list as far as the first coach staff that's not done by intentional it was not intentional that was mike mccarthy and his relationships but Derek jerry did not get away of that you know he this tells my football team i i want to do that but as far as being an agitator for race, being an agitator for minority hiring, he's not ready to step in that role. And I it, it, I wrote, and certainly as you said, he certainly can do more. He knows he can. He knows he has the power to do more. He has so far chosen not to.
0: He also said in that article that he now wants to be, and I'm quoting here, looking at it, I want to be the first in line in terms of making a difference when it comes to diversity, which I found fascinating. And my question is, how does he do that? Because we've heard words from a lot of people on a lot of issues, I'm about action now. I I don't need to hear your words, what you say you stand for. I need to see action of show me what you stand for. So when Jerry says in this story, I want to be the first in line in terms of making change now as it relates to diversity, what does that mean for Jerry Jones?
3: Yeah, and that's the interesting thing because from the outside looking in, the only thing they can do is hire a blackhead coach, right? Right now he has a coach. You know, he's not getting ready to make a coaching change. We don't think, of course, that could happen. That, that could change depending on how they end up in the playoffs. That's right. I, I, that could happen soon. Will say that that could happen soon. But, you know, he has Will McClay there, who, who's his de facto GM, who's the, the least guy. I talked about, you know, the, the numbers of yeah. assistant coaches in the pipeline you know, who have opportunities to grow from here and become head coaches. Uh, certainly, uh, they, they do a lot of things within the community as far as uh, minority internship programs with local coaches. You know, they're doing some things. Again, that is not a... Intended or intentional thing, but it's, it's people in the organization. You know, they have a, they you know they they have Juneteenth off now, <laughs> but <laughs> it's, it's a holiday. They have a, a black employee network. They have a black. A lot of things have come up since the George Floyd. They have a black employee network and and different things like that. But uh, you know, again, can he influence other coaching? Opening other coaching? Can you put coaches in position? Uh, to get jobs, that's what you want to know. Because, again, until it comes to the point where he needs a coach and he takes that step, we won't know. It is just work.
0: Here's here's my like, thing, it, Clarence. You know, Can okay. I say this real quick, Michael, in part? Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. As you say, every for, for me, as I look at Jerry, and, and I clearly don't know him as well as you do, although I do know him, um, relationships are transactional to him. That's the way I view it. It's not personal, it's not emotional, whatever, it's transactional. What can you do to benefit me? And particularly, what can you do to benefit me from the bottom line? So from that standpoint, that's troubling to me. Um, and even going back, and you know this, you know Clarence Shellman, the former running backs coach of the Cowboys, who once said mm-hmm. on the record that Jerry, that another team was interested in hiring or interviewing Clarence to become an offensive coordinator. And at that time where teams could block interviews, Jerry never told Clarence that another team had reached out to interview him for an offensive coordinator position. Why? Because if Clarence were to leave, Jerry thought it might hurt his team. At least that's how it's been explained to me.
3: Oh, no
1: doubt. So
0: having said that, here's what I would say as we talk, and and I'm trying to move this forward because, again, I'm not focused on 57. If Jerry is serious, if Jerry is serious now about moving to the front of the line and, and, and leading the charge on change as it relates to diversity, here's one thing he could do for me. He could change the ownership rules in terms of purchasing a team so that minorities, Blacks in particular, have a better opportunity to purchase an NFL franchise. Because as you guys know right now, to purchase a franchise off the top, you have to write a check for 30% of the value of that franchise, right? And if we're talking about the Washington commander selling for $8 billion dollars, that means whoever purchases that franchise will have to write a check off the top, not have a net worth or, or gross value or any of that, but write a check for $2.4 billion. How many people do you know, and particularly people of color who can write a check for $2.4 billion? And so for me, Jerry, you want to make a difference now? Have the NFL rewrite those rules on, 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 on the guidelines for purchasing an NFL franchise to make it more, accessible to people of color and minorities. That's something he could do for me.
3: Yeah, no doubt. You know, and and that's the tough part. You know, we talk about, you know, the hiring of black coaches and and the thought process. Well, if we have black owners, black ownership, you'll get more black coaches. And and how do you open that door, break that glass ceiling for for black ownership? You know, we've had Byron Allen. Certainly uh, he's interested in, the Washington Commanders, you know, he was also in, in the running at Denver, and you have, you know, I think Jay-Z is, is going to make a bid with Bezos, you know, for the uh, Washington Commanders' job or uh, ownership. The question is, you know, will he be the controlling owner? I mean, it's one thing to be part of a a, uh, a group, but if you, if you don't have the controlling power, it means nothing.
0: Absolutely, and that's why every so, time I hear this brought up about Jay-Z or other entertainers, whatever, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. I don't care that you're part of an ownership group. My question is, do you have the controlling interest where you have voting power as it relates to NFL matters? And if you don't you're just a figurehead. And, and I don't yeah, mean to be tough. disrespectful, but that's truth. No, truth.
2: It's tough to it's tough to be in that position. I, I wonder though, uh, Clarence and Jim, I want to hear from both you on this Let's start with you Clarence. What are we to do? Uh, you know, Jim, you say you want to move it forward. Got it. We're moving it forward. But what are we to do with this? What are we to do with situations where, you know, some whatever it was from their past, somebody in their past, whether they're 14 or 24 or 34, they had something that gets your attention. And then here they are in the present day. Are we to hold them? are, Are we to dig more? Are we to push back? Are we to push more on why they were in that controversial position? Do we look at who they are and who they have been uh, in the time that they've been in the public eye? How do we handle uh, this information? Because Jerry Jones is not the first one. Uh, there's there's a reckoning or an attempted reckoning at a lot of people who have, thought, who have said some things, whether it's old tweets, o- old posts, old articles, old photos, whatever it is. And people are like, hey, what's up with that? Uh, how do you handle it, Clarence? I want to hear you. Well, and, I, and then, I mean, uh, I mean, Jim, I want to hear you on it. I mean, the first
3: thing is is is, is uh there's nuance to it, and, and certainly you have to recognize what happened and where they were, and then you have to look at at uh where they are now, and what they've done, and then I think that's important because it, you know you can't judge someone on 14 years old. But by the same token, which I pointed out, I wrote a column about this. Emmett Till was 14, trying to be a kid. You know, Tamir Rice was uh, 12, uh, playing with a toy gun you know and, and trying to be a kid and, and and you know his situation became deadly trayvon Martin was was uh 17 walking home minding his business eating skittles you know and and so we don't get to pass our you know you know just he was 14 so it's okay I mean you know we don't get that privilege often you know we get the death sentence when we're 14 sometimes and so you have to understand that I think that uh there should be some contrition there and some understanding some empathy there uh but again you also have to recognize who they are now. And, and I think that with anyone, whether it's Jerry or anyone else, what have they done? Well, how have they contributed? How have they changed their lives? You know, what's their mission statement now? And again, I I can't, I don't look at that. I know people are look at that and say, well, that Jerry was a racist thing, as racist. I don't see him as racist. I see him as a capitalist. You know, and 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 how he handled his business is being a capitalist. Sometimes, a lot of times, that those lines are blurred. You know, especially when you focus on money and not humanity. You know, Michael, hey Jim, me personally... What do, we do? How, what, what, do
2: we, what do we do with it?
0: What do we do with it? I, it I think, look, people... Yeah, what do we do with it? Yeah. good. People are allowed to evolve. And what I'm looking for when we talk about people such as Jerry Jones is what are they doing now? I'm not going to forget what happened in the past. As Clarence said, there's a nuance to it. But when I look at Jerry's behavior, when I see someone who will put money over people, who will put profit over people, that's disturbing to me. I mean, the things that were going down when Colin Kaepernick took a knee and Jerry threatened his players, said anybody who takes a knee, they're going to be out of here, basically. That was extremely troubling to me because what it said to me is that your pocketbook is more important than a human life, than a black human life. Yeah, And that bothered right. me. I'm not yeah. going to lie about it. It bothered me. Yeah, And so... This is why I say to move forward, if you are serious, and I'm quoting him here where he says, I want to be the first in line in terms of making change as it relates to diversity. If you are serious about that, then let's get to work. Show me what you are going to do. Don't just tell me. Because Jerry is the master deflector. I mean, he knows how to charm you. He knows how to change the subject when there's a question he doesn't want to deal with. You know, all of that he's very skilled at it and he's very good at it but now let's talk about tangible things that can be done to show that you want to be first in line for change and again i go back to one of the biggest is let's open up the ownership groups and make those more diverse the fact that there is no but black you... owner in the nfl to me is shameful it's shameful
2: yeah yeah but i i think i think uh i think a lot of i think a lot of people in his position are like that for better or worse. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. Jerry Jerry Jones is not a unicorn when it comes to that, that that drives a lot of them. And I wonder though, uh, No, but
0: Michael, but wait, but hold up here one second here. But this is why I feel it is imperative on us to call that out, you know, to identify it and to keep a spotlight on it. Because if we just allow The issue to go back into the shadows. Nothing's ever going to change, and you have to make them uncomfortable where they are. And so I've yeah, said and I, before, and I, go ahead, Clarence. I'm
3: sorry. I know. Uh, unfortunately, it's it's always us having to make them uncomfortable. Yeah. As, as a black journalist, it's always us. You know, if you notice it's it's me and Nui or someone else having to ask the questions, and and because and, and, no one cares. And, and and so when you when you when you talk about keeping them accountable, we also talk about People in our industry, you know, you know, because they give them yeah, a pass. They, good point. It's not, if the the, the the subject is not important to them, so when it's only us asking yeah, these questions point. and that, writing these columns, yeah.
2: yeah, right. It's not just accountability. It shouldn't just be accountability. Uh, parentheses. I'm talking about you, black journalists. No, accountability uh, should be everybody. Everybody should be a part of that. That's an excellent point. Let me ask you. Uh, both because I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, Clarence, I said this to Trotter after the show. You Got to wonder if you're saying this is not a new picture. This picture has been out there before. How did this picture? Get out there. Why is it resurfacing <laughs> now? And what do you think the message is about the resurface?
3: Go Jim.
0: No. <laughs> 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 Look, I'm just I'm just going to say this to you from people that I have talked to in very high positions. They don't know with a certainty how it got out, but there are a lot of fingers pointing at Daniel Snyder. I'll just say that.
3: Oh. You know, I, a I, lot of fingers. I, I, that, that's a that, that's an easy layup. That's just but it is food, but- that and then everybody talked about what Daniel said, but Jerry, Jerry and Daniel are very close, and Daniel's been one. Jerry's been one of the biggest supporters of Daniel Snyder. Uh, you know, obviously the first time he you know was in the pictures was this year when he came to the Cowboys game. Again, I, I don't know. But even how, after
0: the most recent stuff, even after the most recent stuff, their their relationship hasn't changed at all. I don't think I don't because Jerry's
3: still been the biggest supporter. I mean, with, with all the other stuff that say is a totally different deal. But but Jerry's been a been a been a huge supporter of Daniel Snyder and and, and has stood by him. Uh, regardless, I mean, it's it's not a new photo, you know. However, I mean, so it, it doesn't right. take a journalist who's and 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 you got to understand that they talked to over a hundred people, okay, from his hometown, you know. They right. took a fine tooth comb. And so it, that doesn't take much to find that photo. Because, again, it's been out there. There are a lot of people who were there at that incident. And, you know, they talked to a lot of people, you know, that was there at that time. So, uh, and again, they went back into his background, and daddy and granddaddy and all this other stuff. So I, I wouldn't take it. I think it would take that much for a very veteran and, and great journalist at the Washington Post to, to find that photo. But, yes, it's a great story and narrative that Daniel Snyder did yeah. that
0: but yes but let me say this too now what if we said about Jerry many of his relationships are transactional so now if he knows that the Washington commanders can sell for eight point whatever billion dollars and that he's going to get a share of that I think he might say Daniel it was nice knowing you but like, it's, ah, yeah, it's, time to, yeah. it's time to bring that money. But hang on. <laughs> Wait, when I say that, Clarence, there is history on my side here because when the L.A. market was opening up, remember, the vote was going from the relocation committee was going to the Chargers and the Raiders going into L.A. And what happened? Jerry got involved and said, uh-uh, no, 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 no. We need an owner with some deep pockets in there. And what did he do? He swung that vote for Stan Kroenke to get that LA market. So for Jerry, again, it goes back to history. Everything is transactional.
3: Oh, it is, and and, he, and he's part of that market because he, you know, does the concessions at at, at the stadium. And you know, yeah, it's funny many that Jerry stadium. makes so much. Many that he makes so much money on the the other stadiums, but uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's again. I, I love the story. I love the work that they did. I just don't think you can take that photo and, and say this is why he doesn't hire has not hired a black coach.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's uh I think it's it's a leap it is a leap to make that connection from 1957 to 2022 in, in that in that particular me, case I think I think so
0: but, no, well, right, but like, let, let me like, ask you this. Fi- final word final word okay, final yeah, word, Jim. No, no, it's thing. just, I, just I'm not word. saying that you... Then we gotta okay. go. I'm not saying you I'm not saying you can make that leap, but I'm saying, can you also not say that somehow how he grew up and where he grew up hasn't influenced his decision-making oh, today no. in some way? Well, I, I just want well, to be clear I mean, on like,
3: that. No, no, well, he That's all of it. Also has a, all of it also has an influence that's... on how he relates to people because he grew up a lot, of, a lot of Black people, which is why he's great with his players and they love him. He, he knows how his, his dad was a damn, you know... It ran a circus in the grocery store. He's a seller. All those things. Yes, everything he grew up with impacts him today. But again, I just, I just think that, that that, photo and him being there as a curious kid, whatever you want to call it, is not why he has not hired a black coach. Yeah, well, yeah you know, I, saying side, Jim, Jim, I Jim, wait. Well, well, I'm I'm it's not why, side, he, but it's but not I'm why saying, he hasn't done more.
0: Right, but Emmitt Smith. And and Dak Prescott sure had to to go through some stuff to get the money that they deserve, and I can remember got, another quarterback there who did to go through it. Because
3: it's, it, it's always about business, but they got their money. They I don't remember Tony have. I don't remember.
0: I don't remember Tony having to jump through those hoops that they had to jump through. Am
3: I wrong? I, all I know is, listen, we. we I was there. I, I you. I agree. But the money was certainly different now, then to now. I mean, you still understand how, how the money has jumped. But that got all of his money. And he got the best contract ever because he only signed a four-year deal. He going to get paid again.
0: Right. Zeke got That's all it. his money. Zeke, say- Zeke who
3: got all his money.
0: They got all their money. No, I didn't say Zeke. I said Emmett.
3: No, I agree. No, Emmett had to go jump yeah. through hoops to get his money. And Michael did, too. But, but again, you talked to Emmett today. And, and, and he went in Jerry's office and learn business from Jerry Jones from the right. beginning of his career to the end of his career. And he swears by Jerry.
2: I would say also, Jim, just to answer that, that question and and then uh we'll put the music on because Clarence, you've been very generous <laughs> with your time, but we gotta go, we gotta pay some bills. Um, I would say all of us, all of us are are products of who we were around and our geography and uh, uh, finance, like economics, all, all the, all those things contribute to who we are today. The question is, and nobody really can answer this. The question is to what degree? So I can take the extreme. I could, if, if I were, if I had been around people who were extremely negative and and destructive, to what degree do I absorb that? And then display those behaviors today. Or the opposite. If I've been around um, a, a bunch of, you know, Harvard professors, <laughs> do, do, I, do I do I too become a Harvard professor by osmosis? I don't know. I don't know how it works. What's the, how do you do the uh, ratio? What's the calculus? To what degree does your background and what you saw as a 14 year old or 15 year old factor into who you are today as a Jerry Jones? Was he 80 years old? Almost 80 years old?
3: How does it factor? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that when you when you, you live a long life, you, you've had a lot of life experiences that that impact who you are. I mean, I grew up in a small town in Texas, population twenty five hundred. I've been in a city in Dallas for more of my life than I was in that small town. I'm more. I still have some more groups, but I'm more of a city boy now. I I have you know I I you know I couldn't go live like that anymore. So I mean, I I think that that's what everybody. I mean, you know. This, this could go on because I always talk about Kyrie and everybody, not Kyrie, but uh, Kanye, you know, Ye, you know, everybody talks about well, he's been impacted because his mother died and that's why he do. I mean, I know a lot of people whose mother died and parents died when they were young and they didn't go off the rails. Right. You know, everything that we do right. influences our life. You still have to be an adult and, and, and be accountable to your own actions.
2: Yeah. Well, Clarence, hey man, really appreciate you. Thank you for uh, bringing some context to this conversation, uh, contributing to it in a major way. Always good to catch up with you. We'll talk to you soon.
3: Appreciate you guys, man. Thank you for
2: my...
1: Love you, chill,
0: man. Appreciate you. All right, guys. Thank you.
1: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
2: All right, so Jim, um, we had this on the uh, the show yesterday. (laughs) And I'm wondering... (laughs) So commenter with a very interesting handle. Uh, that, that's a different conversation altogether. And uh, and, and I'm not going to mess with that one. But commenter says... Not
0: if you want to stay employed.
2: That's right. Uh, commenter says, you look like Derek Fisher. So have you ever gotten that before? And uh, if not, have you ever been mistaken? Consistently mistaken for somebody... Who is not you?
0: Right, I'm gonna give you a couple of examples here. Number one, Derek Fisher is second on the list. The person I get get compared to most is common. Usually common, oh, common. Okay. Oh, cool. yeah. I, was yeah, I, say, com- I was about to say,
2: I was about to say definitely. The, do-
0: the doppelganger, yeah. I get common. I can see it. And then I get and then I get Derek Fisher. But the best story or and and one time when Charles Barkley was playing with Houston, went to a game and walk in the locker room, he starts calling me Montel. Montel Williams. I'm like, bro, we don't really look, I don't look like Montel. Come on now. But anyway, the best one is back in the Magic Johnson days of the Lakers, go to a game after the game, go to a a nearby Wendy's, walk in, and there's a young white kid sitting with his mom, and I notice they keep looking at us. I'm with a couple of friends and, and they keep looking at us. Like, well, what's going on here? And finally, the mom comes over sheepishly and she says, I, I hate to bother you, but my son swears that that you're you're Michael Jordan. Uh-huh. And I, I, I said, <laughs> I just, I'm like, come on, Michael. How do you ask? How do you how do you even answer Where, that? You know, and hold then, on, she was on, sincere. Where was this? Where was it? This was at a Wendy's in Inglewood after a okay, Lakers first of game. All-
2: don't you like what kind of Jordan? What kind of Jordan fan are you? Why would Jordan be at Wendy's? Jordan is you ain't you seeing commercials? It's a Jordan and Larry Bird commercials. Jordan is McDonald's, I, 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 he wouldn't be there. I'd be like, you know, you Jordan wears some Reeboks or New Balance. Bro, <laughs> I
0: mean, like, bro, I,
2: come on, you, you know, don't know Michael. But, come on that, that kid, uh, you know. that kid, that kid should have been yelled at because you got to think, you know? you think about where you are I'm in Wendy's she, I see Michael Jordan sitting to, going up there to pay for his Wendy's
0: she she, she obviously clearly does not know Michael Jordan but I'm like I feel bad for her in a way because she was sincere you know she was nervous and came up but I'm like really really I'm like yeah. no I'm not Michael Jordan
2: but a comment is a good one. Can you uh can you rhyme a little bit? You got any skills?
0: No. No? Know your strengths, but more importantly, know your weaknesses.
2: Can you act? Can you act?
0: Yeah, I think I, I can act? act. Okay. I think I can act.
1: You by, got you got by the way, you? I'm
2: watching this USA Iran game. We're about to win it, I think.